Welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 220, another update episode. Man, we're just updating you guys like crazy. Well, you know, the reason is I wanted to keep it real. Like, I, I feel that sometimes, and I don't think we do that a lot on the podcast. What, keep it real? I think we always no, keep no, it No, 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 no. <laughs> what I mean is... Well, I don't think we do a lot is like we we always show this like, hey, sales are great. Things are on fire. We're doing really well. And, you know, that's not the case right now. True. And I, I thought it'd be good to have an update episode just to keep it real, because I think in two weeks from now, things might be far better now. There's a lot. I mean, we don't talk about the political climate and all the craziness going on right now, but you know, it's uh, what's what's today? We're we're recording, right? This is gonna be dropping Thursday. Thursday, right? There's a lot that that may happen between now and Thursday, yeah. right? Yeah, we're recording this early, so who knows, right? So, so, so the reason I I, I say all this is I want to keep it real. There's something. There's a lot of things to talk about that can be helpful, and so I just thought, hey, let's do an update episode, and our next theme episode will be our thoughts on Q4. Mm. This past Q4, right? Because return already, hopefully, will be done by then. It has to be. It, it, I, I plead that it's done because it's been rough. So I know what you're going to say, but how, how, are, how are just things? How are just things going? Uh, I mean, it's different. It's been a, a different week for sure. Uh, so uh, Heather's, my wife, her, her grandpa who lives in Michigan passed away. And so her and... Um, my son and her parents all flew out there and they're, they're going to be there for a couple of weeks. And, uh, it's one of those things where they were kind of expecting it. They knew it was coming. Um, it was, it's been, you know, a couple of years now they were been kind of understanding that this was on the, the, the horizon because he's, he was older. He lived a good life. He's 92. Uh, so, um, there isn't as the grieving isn't what, what's hard, but my, my wife, my partner, my family, you know, they're gone right now. And so that's been really tough. And my wife does so much of the eBay business that actually right now we decided because I'm working, I've got a lot of other things going on. I'm trying to do everything on my own here. Uh, so we decided, okay, what if you just spend this time, do some sourcing uh, when you get a chance, but we, we decided to put the eBay store on hold, like on, on vacation mode. Uh, just that so I, it is literally on vacation. Yeah, mode. it's on vacation mode. So usually oh. we would just extend the uh, extend the the handling time on on our items, but we don't know how long exactly she's going to be gone because you know she's trying to help out family there and stuff. Uh, so I decided, okay, like I know there's negative repercussions for putting your store on vacation mode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the ideal. We typically tend to say like, hey, let's just go ten day business handling time. That's fine, but I think I could use this time to still do listings to still get a lot of sourcing done. Uh, but man, sourcing has been tough. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of garage sales in our area. Um, and the thrift stores have just been really bad. And I, I've kind of had I, so many misses. prices are high. Yeah. So, so many misses as far as thrift stores and a couple of times going out to garage sales and only having like a handful that are in driving, like driving range that, you know, I, mean, I could drive forever, but by that time you're, you, you only have a certain amount of time, right? So you want to find a cluster of garage sales. So you, f you go to the ones you can get to before 11 o'clock and it gets to a point where you have a few bad days, you start to lose motivation, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm at that place now where it's like, I don't really have the motivation to, to stop at the thrift stores because they've just been not great for us. And I haven't really had the motivation to try to do these, to try to make garage selling work when it- Or even the local deals. Yeah. So now local deals though, I have been um, 
doing a few of those, reaching out to people, uh, getting a couple of pickups for that and a few sales with local deals. And that's been good. Um, I feel like I could spend more time. What I really found is the nice thing with the local deals is I feel like there's a, a, a better correlation once you have a few niches you know between time spent and the money you're going to get back. Mm. Garage sales are like a crapshoot, right? You can <laughs> you can go out. That's how they are right now. Well, for sure. <clears throat> well, well, even even on a normal time, like you might be be pretty set to say like, hey, I'll, I'll probably make a couple hundred dollars profit if I go out. Uh, but sometimes you go out and it's like, I'm going to make a thousand dollars off of this garage sale run. And there might be a week you go out and it's like nothing, right? So there, it's always still a little mm. up in the okay. air about how much you're going to do. But the nice thing is because you can focus in on a few niches, it's only a couple minutes to scan, offer up Facebook Marketplace. So the amount of time you spend per day compared to uh, what you're going to get out of it. Now, sure, I might go a few days without finding anything in a niche that I'm in, but I've only spent a few minutes, right? I didn't yeah. get in the car, drive, make sure I have cash, you know, not find anything. I can check on my phone if there's anything. And if there is stuff, then the negotiation happens. And the only time I'm spending more time is if there's a sale happening, if there's, if there's, um, a exchange happening and I'm going to have more inventory or I'm going to be selling something. So I've kind of been leaning more towards, I think, I think, uh, the local stuff is going to be where I'm going to be focusing on for a little while, um, until garage sale season kind of starts to pick back up. Hopefully we see some change in the thrift store prices, uh, might even start doing a little bit more eBay to eBay arbitrage. Uh, but you know, it's, it's been a different week. So not having as many sales, uh, because stores on vacation mode. We, we were kind of finishing up a few we had offers out on before we did that. And, uh, and now it's just a matter of, all right, maybe I can start doing some listing, do a little bit of sourcing. That way, when she comes back, we can go kind of full tilt. All right. Yeah, and I appreciate you keeping it real. I mean, it was funny, you know, I love, I love sharing stuff that Mike didn't expect me to share, but before the podcast, he looked at me, he said, another update episode. Like what I we, literally have nothing. I know. And, and I'm like, Hey, that's what the, we're about documenting. I, I think, I feel like sometimes we lose our way. At least I do. I, I, I don't think I'm not saying you, but like the purpose of this podcast from day one was to document the progress of a new seller and experienced seller. I mean, day one, that's what it's about. And, and it's kind of pivoted a little bit. I mean, we've had our, not saying we're gurus, but we had our guru-esque episodes where like, hey, this is how to make more money on Q4. Or like, this is how to do retail arbitrage. Like we have those episodes, but the core of our podcast, which I think separates us from a lot, is that we're just everyday guys just, just trying to make money reselling. Like, and we're just documenting the process. So if that means that your store is on vacation mode and you haven't been sourcing much, that's all good. That like, that's fine. Like we don't need to make up stories, right? For the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate you being real. Thank you. I appreciate you appreciating me. <laughs> all right. So, you know, and I want to keep things positive because I, 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 there, there's plenty, there's plenty of opportunity. There's so much opportunity out there. It's just, you just got to find it. Right. So. I myself, I will say, I'll just start off with the fail. The fail was I asked you last podcast. Do you remember what I asked you to keep me accountable on? No, definitely wasn't remembering what I'm supposed to be keeping you accountable for. It was, uh, do you have your 2,500 listens? Uh, yes. Right? I, I remember Orlando. Um, I was supposed to bring something up this episode. Do you have your 2,500 listings? I don't, I don't oh. even have, I haven't even, oh my goodness. I mean, I've gotten up, but I'm not even at the 2,200 mark. And this is why. So like you, I started seeing the frustration with, you know, going to thrift stores, going to garage sales and yeah, could we do pallet life? Sure. 
I don't want to do pellet life. Like that's just not, that's just not in me. I just, I, and again, no shade at anybody. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just, I feel like I'd be in a, I'm working in a warehouse if I do that. Right. And I, you know, I think I just got such a bad taste. There was a point in my life where I worked uh, loss prevention for JCPenney and they, they said, Hey, for a month until we have the, the spot opening, would you be, would you mind working in the warehouse? And I worked in a warehouse for a month and I hated it. I hated having to unpack boxes. I hated having a store boxes. I hate, I hated all of it. And I think ever since then, I've always told myself, like, I, I will never do warehouse work. Like I, I don't want to do that. And so I just said, Hey, listen, sales are slow. Cause sales have been really slow. I, they have been the slowest for me. In, I honestly can't remember. I would say maybe the slowest sales I've ever had was probably sometime around the eBay open a couple of years ago. Things really slowed down uh, for a moment. And luckily, like an office max was closing or office depot was closing and I was able to do a lot of Amazon. And so it carried me through. But yeah, I mean, it it's slow to like it's so all the profits I made in Q4, like I'm losing some of those profits because I'm having to dip into those. Now, I do have a savings account and all that, but. I don't dip into that unless it's an absolute emergency, mm. right? So I've been dipping into some of the profit that I made over Q4, which I, I don't like doing, but that's how it's been. So I, I want to keep it real. Like my eBay sales, I mean, those of you who have been able to find my eBay store, uh, if you go to sold, you're not going to see as many solds as, as usual. Uh, the other thing is they haven't, I haven't had a lot of high dollar item sales. And so I was just like, you know what, since things have slowed down, I'm just going to source more, which doesn't make sense. But let me explain to you why it makes sense. So in my experience of, of three years full-time reselling is when sales slow down, you just got to go more all in. Like you got to, for me, it's like, I got to find more inventory and I just got to list more. Like I got to work harder, right? During Q4, I work harder because I can execute. But when things are slow in the summer, I just list more. And over time, things catch up and things better. And, they're okay. So I took two road trips. I was only going to take one, but I decided to take two. And all I did is retail arbitrage, just full on for eBay, by the way, not even for my Amazon for eBay. And it was, it was good. It was good. I found a lot of inventory. I, I am sourcing better. I, I used to, you know, uh, Ross has this, uh, I don't know when it is. I, I don't think I'm going to go out there, but they have this super clearance sale. Like you can find a pair of shoes for like a dollar or whatever. And, uh, you know, I did that one year and I bought a ton of stuff and uh, I still have a lot of that stuff. Now, luckily I sold enough where it was already profitable and it, I was fine. But this time around, you know, I was really careful. I was really selective. Uh, unless I made over $50 on each item that I sourced, I wasn't going to pick it up. And so I sourced a ton uh, and I also have my helper. So now my helper is going to have a lot of inventory, uh, to get listed, but you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's an interesting, I think things are going to get better. Maybe, um, I, I guess maybe a month from now, I think it's going to take a lot, a lot of the turmoil going on in our country, I think is going to have to settle down. And I think once things settle down, I think We'll be back to normal. Let let us know. I mean, is it is it just me? Is it just Mike and I that are having these struggles? Because I I really I really wonder. Like, are am I doing something wrong, or is it is it, am I not? I'm I'm pretty good at pivoting. I'm really good at adapting, 
Uh, but I'm finding that right now, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a slowdown. So have you been, uh, listing consistently enough to trigger that algorithm? Like we always talk about. I And that other, I haven't been doing that either. Okay. Cause I've been I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of it is, is just, I mean, I've been, okay, let me rephrase that. I have been listing every day, but I let's, so usually I've shared this before. I could get away with listing like five items a day. And I'm good. Mm. I mean, that sounds really bad, but, and, and when I'm doing really well, I'm listing 25 items a day and yeah, money's coming in. It's, it's really easy, but I'm finding right now to make things just okay. I'm going to have to list like 25 a day mm. at the least. Right. And, and my goal, you know, it, it's interesting because there's some really good eBay sellers out there that list hundred to 200 to 300 items a day. Wow. Right. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for them. I just, I, that's just not, that's not in me. Like, I know it sounds weird, but that's just not in me. And I think, I think part of it is, and I, sh- we shared this in our interview with Anya, uh, Resolicious is that I am a reseller full time, but it's not my only income stream. Right. And, and by the way, the podcast is not an income stream. Just, just throw it out there right now. Right. That's been another one for us. That's been kind of tough. Uh, and we appreciate everybody's doing buy me a coffee.com slash pure hustle because it's, it's allowed us to continue keeping the podcast going. But reality, like, I don't know, this is a really depressing episode, but, but everything reseller related have some like depressing music just playing in the background. Well, it's been, it's been kind of tough right now. So, you know, it, it's, uh, but you just, you keep going, right. You don't give, you don't give up. Like you just, you adapt, you pivot, you put in the work. And things do come through. I mean, I, I've lived enough life and been in enough valleys that know that there's a, there's a, there's a dip into the valley and then there's a way up. And, you know, sometimes you're in the valley a little bit longer. I joked with somebody the other day that sometimes we get in valleys and we find a cave and we go deeper into the valley, not knowing it. Right. But eventually you can make your way back up. And so I anticipate in the next month, you know, things, things will be going better. So, all right. Now, do you have any, do you have any stories you want to share? Yeah, so um, I sold a set of Legos uh, that I picked up when I was on my Colorado or my eight-state road trip that I did where I pulled the trailer. Doesn't seem like life was totally different back then. Yeah, for sure. And that was during COVID, wasn't it? But it still seemed different. So uh, I picked up like a couple of bags of Lego Friends Legos, and they had manuals with them, and they had, uh, but they weren't like in boxes, and I wasn't not going to count, you know, are all the pieces here. So I sold them as a lot based off of how much they weighed. And then, and I showed the manuals to like, these are the manuals that it comes with. So like that way people know like what types of pieces they might be getting. And the person who purchased it is actually a listener of the podcast. Oh really? Yeah. And <laughs> they bought it and they left a pretty cool um, message on the the item. And they said, Hey, just want to let you know, um, I'm a listener of the podcast. Uh, appreciate all that you do. Um, I'm, one of the people who always give Orlando a hard time. And I, you know, so that was kind of nice. I responded like, thank you for helping me with that. But the best part was uh, this person listed, like here's some items like you should be looking out for. Right. And they gave me a lot of suggestions and tips and hints on like, you know, these brands, these, this, and that was just really nice. And I know that you're on social all the time. So you get people who kind of reach out and say like, Hey, keep an eye out for this Bolo. Right. But it was just cool to see that somebody, um, was willing to share that with me on, even though we're both resellers, technically we could be competition. Yeah, true. But at the same time, hey, we're in different locations and 
they just wanted to help. And so thank you so much. You know who you are. I appreciate the, uh, the awesome feedback and uh, for all the support and giving Orlando a hard time. Uh, it's very, it's very, I'm good with it. <laughs> no. And, and that's, that's what makes it great is because he's easy to, he's easy to poke because he doesn't ever get that mad. You know, he just, he just don't, laughs. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> he's a jolly bear. So, so, um, so that was, that was one thing. And then another thing. Um, so again, my wife being gone, uh, we had a pair of boots that we sold and they didn't fit the person and they were super nice and we were trying to kind of work it out. And, they said like, Hey, like, I don't think these are going to work. I'm going to send them back. So for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but my wife's phone, she has an, uh, an iPhone mine. I I'm a Samsung guy. I'm a, I'm an Android guy and she cannot do returns and refunds on her phone anymore. Mm. Like she just can't, like it won't open up for her. And so whenever we have those, like she'll message me and either she'll do it on her computer or she'll ask me like, Hey, can you bring your computer home so I can do this? Uh, but because she was on an airplane and she landed and she couldn't do it because she didn't have access to a computer, she goes, hey, can you do the return for this person? So I'm like, sure. And I wasn't really paying attention to the whole situation. And so I just clicked on it and I refunded the person. And then she calls me like an hour later and she said, you weren't supposed to refund them. You were supposed to do a return. Oh. And so I just like refunded them. So they kept it. Well, that was the thing is like, well, now technically like they could just keep the item. But they messaged me and said, hey, I can't print out a label. Uh, do you want me to just send it um, to the address I have on the box? And it was like, yes, please. So nice. hopefully it's coming back. They they said they're going to be sending it on Monday. Uh, so fingers crossed. I mean, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't come back. You know, you lose money in business all the time. Uh, but it was one of those things where it was just a silly error where I wasn't paying attention to. She told me to do a return and I read refund. And so I'm like, yep, sure. She knows what's best. Refund. And I was like, no, no, no. It was a return. So always be careful. Uh, don't don't refund when you should return. Because the nice thing with doing returns and accepting returns is there are a lot of times where they never follow through. They never end up sending That's it true. back. You That's keep true. your money. You're yeah. good to go. You know, you've had some good experiences. Didn't you say like last update episode that somebody contacted you after the fact and wanted to still pay you for something? Yeah. Yep. So that Because eBay, eBay refunded them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So good for you. Yeah. I don't, You're I don't customers. have, I don't have the same kind of news. So returnary, I mean, is this just the Orlando whining episode? I am sorry. I just, I got to keep it real. Like this is what's going on in my reselling life. So returnary has been rough. So those of you that sell on Amazon, right? You, I, the way my things were set up, I was able to like this year, I was able to sell through pretty much everything I had in Q4. I had a few stragglers here and there but I sold everything. So I cashed out everything, right? I had all that money. I put it all into my accounts and that's it. The problem with that is when you start getting returns on Amazon is that as soon as those returns hit, you end up in a negative balance on your Amazon. And so then you're in a race. I find on Amazon to make sure you're in a positive balance before your next payment comes through. Cause if there's no money to pay and you're in a negative, they're just going to take the money from you. So the entire time I'm like, oh no, like I hope this works out because right now I think I was at a negative a thousand something at a certain point. And then I had more returns hitting and returns hitting and returns hitting. But luckily when I did my retail arbitrage run, I did find some high priced Q4 items that people were still looking for and I was able to sell them. 
So eventually the my my balance ended up in the positive and I actually had money coming in. And uh, you know, I need to get back into Amazon. I haven't sent an FBA shipment out in a while. And that's because I'm trying to rebuild my eBay, but that's been rough. Then I get a message from uh remember those remember I sent stuff to Peru and Mexico? Mm. And the Peru one made it, but the Mexico said it made it to the postal agent on October 27. October 27, by the way. I get a message on January 8th. And the message is, hey, I haven't received the item yet. Do you know when it's showing up? I'm like, what? Like, hey, how am I supposed to know this? So I messaged them back and I said, hey, according to the tracking, here's a picture. It was dropped off to a postal agent. You know, I would connect with them and see what happened. So they messaged me back and they said that the item was delivered, but that since they never contacted him to pick it up, that they ended up sending it back. And so he, so he says, what do we do from now? And I, I messaged him back. I said, I guess we just wait till the package comes back to me. And when it comes back, I'll refund you. I I have, I don't even know if that thing's ever going to make it back. So I don't know where this is going to end up. Hmm. Is the buyer going to end up opening a case? But at the same time, did the buyer bear responsibility for not checking in with their postal agent? Because maybe things are different in that town where you're supposed to have constant communication. I like, I don't know how it works out there. So those of you have had similar scenarios, let me know. Uh, my guess is I'm going to be eating the cost eventually. I'm just kind of just holding it out. And then uh, it's funny because somebody caught this. I think it was blue shoe resale on Instagram. Who, great listener supports us through buy me a coffee. Um, remember my, uh, do you remember what my uh, bolo was in the last update update episode? I'm asking Mike all these questions. Do you remember? I don't know. It was a heat. It was heaters, portable oh, heaters. Oh yes, yes. So I thought I undersold the heater. So the heater was working perfect. It was great. You know, paid twenty, sold for hundred and twenty something, and the shipping was eighty three bucks. I get the dreaded return request, and I hate it when I get those because you're always like, "What am I going to open?" Like sometimes it's like, "Ah, it's a ten dollar item, whatever." Nope, it was the heater. And the person in the message said, the heater does not work. The front of it's not working, which is weird because it's completely working for me. And then said that it starts sparking when I plug it in. I'm like, oh. Like that, that's something you don't want to mess with. Mm -mm. Right? So it hurt because to do a return label would have cost $80. So let's just do the math here. I paid $20, right? But I sold it for $127, right? And the shipping cost $83, right? So, and you know, at that point in time... It's going to be like $160 in shipping? Yeah. Just shipping. So pretty much all that money's gone. Yeah. Right? And so I had to do the, the refund and just say keep it. Mm. So I refunded them the 200 and I think it was like I don't know, $210. So not only did I lose a $20 heater, I lost $210. So $230 on one return. Now, granted, I have a lot of returns. I mean, my Amazon returns are worse because I have stuff that I sold for, you know, $300. And I've had, I think I had like 10 returns that were $300. It's 3K. Like that. So, so, but it doesn't matter. Every return hurts. But that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm just, I'm biding my time. I'm like, hey, 
we're getting there. And you know, the thing I, you guys, I don't know if you noticed this, but your 90 day total on eBay, every time you have a return, the number drops and it drops and it drops. Mm. So I'm looking at this. Which list. it should. I mean, it Which makes it sense should. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, my 90 day total is rough. Now, the reason it's rough is, you know, be, be, be aware of this is if you see somebody on Instagram, let's say somebody that sells news electronics, right? And they have a huge 90 day total. You got to remember like a lot of that 90 day total is going to be shipping because if they're selling large electronics, you're talking about them spending anywhere from, you know, 30 to a hundred bucks shipping stuff per item. Right. So it's not that big of a deal where you could have somebody that just sells clothing and they could have, let's say, let's throw it out there. 18 K 90, 90 day total. Right. That means they're making six K gross. Right. And yeah, they're doing free shipping, but they may end up making more money than the person that's selling used electronics because their shipping is like what? Three bucks, right? Four bucks, five bucks, maybe, maybe seven or 11. Right. Depending if they're sending stuff priority and their cost of goods is really low. So I just say this because I was looking at my 90 day total. And I was getting really sad. I'm like this is dropping exponentially. And it's yeah. Cause I've had some big returns. I had that. I had the $200 return there. I've had some other $180 return here. I had another, I had, I'll share one more. And, uh, actually, yeah, we're doing random stories. Yeah. yeah I'm taking over the podcast. I'm sorry. So I had this, this item that I sold and I know it was a drop shipper. Like I know it was a drop shipper. And the person received the item. It was uh, like this George Foreman grill kind of, um, that was a grill. It was a George Foreman air fryer. Do you know George Foreman made air fryers? Mm. So the person got it and they're like, it's missing pieces. And I'm like, missing pieces? Like, no, it's new in box. Like, how can it be missing pieces? And so I was like, you know, whatever. I always give them benefit about, hey, no problem. Just ship it back and, you know, we'll do a refund. I get it back. And the person misread the manual. So the manual showed four different models and each model has different pieces. Mm. Right. So this person just thought that the model they got would have all these pieces. Now, luckily I'm a top rated seller. So I was able to give them back a partial refund of 50%. Automatically they opened the case and they open a case. And you know what? Here's the thing. I always say you should be a top rated seller eBay refunded them the remainder of the amount out of their own pocket. So I was like, I was grateful because that, that felt good. I felt like I finally had a win because the nice thing is with this item, it's still on eBay standard. It's still new in box. So I could still make that profit back. Plus I already made profit on the item because the item was, I think I paid like 17 and I did a partial refund. And so I still made like $20 net profit. So I'm just going to make more profit. So now it would just be sold like new open box. Yeah, which on eBay isn't that big of a deal. Right. It's a bigger deal on Amazon, but on eBay, it, it's not that much of a deal. So, so yeah, so there you have it. I like it. So, you got any more? Nope, that's all I got for you. Okay, I got one more. One more. Make sure you have a seller's permit. Make sure you have a seller's permit. I don't want to ask Mike if he has one, but I hope he has one. You're, if you're doing retail arbitrage and you don't have a seller's permit, I, I share this on Instagram all the time. You're losing. I went to a store and the person dropped $5,000 on shoes. I mean, they just, you know, I kept seeing it scanned and I'm like, wow, 
this guy, this guy means business. And, and <laughs> I think all retailers do, but I rarely see that. Like I'm usually, I'm usually the guy that walks in a store and I'll, I'll drop whatever, not saying anything, but you know, I'll come in, I'll drop 5k, whatever. But I rarely see anybody else doing that. At least where I go sourcing, which is kind of weird. Cause I thought I would see it more. So after the guy buys all this stuff, I go up to the register. I'm like, Hey, by the way, I have my seller's permit. I'm in the system. It's really easy. You know, I just throw in my phone number, hit process and I pop up and they're like, Oh, we've never done that before. I'm like, what? What do you mean? You've never done that before. You had a reseller here and, and like just, you know, five minutes ago, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. No, they didn't have a seller's permit. I'm like, what? They didn't have a seller's permit. So let's, if you do the tax, let's say it's 10%. Let's just say that's on the high end, right? 10%. Like San Diego is like 8.5. Yeah, it's pretty close to that, yeah. Okay. So let's just say 10% for sake of math. They spent $5,000 and they didn't have a seller's permit. That means they lost 500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, they'll write that off their taxes when they pay taxes, but I don't think, I don't think they'll get as much back, right? Because a $500 write-off as opposed to not paying $500 ends up being two different things because a write-off is just lowering your 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 total adjusted gross income as opposed to how much out you actually have. So which I used to think like that too. Like I used to say I'm not going to get one because it helps with that. But no, you you end up getting one way more money because in the end, like you don't have to pay that. So you have to pay sales tax. Here's the thing that we're missing here. In California, right, if you're doing uh local deals, you're supposed to pay sales tax, right? Luckily, eBay and Amazon now collect sales tax, so you don't have to report like sales tax anymore. But let's say he sold some of those local, right? Let's say he sold, I don't know, let's say out of the 500 pairs, he sold 50 of them local, right? He's going to have to pay sales tax on those 50, and he already paid sales tax. So he's paying it twice. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you're, you're losing money. So just get one. It's really in California. It's so easy. It's so easy. You just Google seller's permit, California. You fill out, you know, some information. I think you need to have an EIN, which is you can get an EIN really easy. Just type in, I need to get an EIN and you'll get it within moments. You'll get like this PDF. There's a lot of money that you're losing if you don't have a seller's permit. So be aware of that. Okay. That's it. Sweet. Are you ready to for, oh, reseller topics. Before we talk about that, what's going on with your head these days? Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> it's nice and shaved, nice and shaved down with my skull shaver. And I know I said I was going to recharge it, uh, but I decided not to. And I'm still, I just want to see how long it'll go before I need to recharge it. And it's still going. Yeah, still I, had, I had to recharge. Did you? But it recharged really fast. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing the battery life on on the skull shaver. So if you don't know what we're talking about, and if maybe you're just listening on the podcast, Orlando and I both have a. Uh, very, very shiny shaved domes. Uh, we were blessed genetically with, uh, with with not as much hair on top of our head. And so, you know, when you're blessed like we are, you uh, you need to groom that. And uh, one of the ways we do that is with Skull Shaver, and it's been a life changer. We love our Skull Shavers, and you can love your Skull Shaver too. If you use promo code PEER, go to SkullShaver.com, use promo code PEER, you'll get a nice discount on it. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Yeah. So again, skullshaver.com, promo code cure. Can you believe some people just have like a full head of hair? I feel sorry for those people. Yeah, I guess I, guess I feel sorry for them. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, by the way, thank you to all you guys that have been using the affiliate link and buying. There's a lot of people out there joining the, you know, 
the dome gang or whatever we want to call it. So what in there bald is beautiful. There, there you go. All right. Hey, uh, also, uh, if you haven't had a chance to buy me a coffee.com slash pure hustle really helps us uh, move the podcast along. You can either sign up for a yearly membership or a monthly one. Uh, but it, it definitely helps, especially when we're between sponsors, uh, you know, and, and like I've said before, like right now with the podcast, we are between sponsors. Yes, we do have. So there's a difference between affiliate links and sponsors. So if we have affiliate links for, for everything that we sell. We get like a small percentage. Right. But th- that's really hard, you know, to have that as any kind of support for the podcast. Right. But when we get a sponsor, it's it's a game changer because when we get a sponsor, they're paying us per listens, right? And we have a good amount of listens on the podcast, so it really helps us out. That part has been missing for a bit. So buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle has been helping us fill in the gap. So we're grateful for each and every single one of you that have signed up. If you haven't, please sign up, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Yeah. And if you're looking for us on social media, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and why can't I remember the other one? TikTok. Twitter. Twitter. Well, we are on Twitter, but we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. And we also are now on Clubhouse. The reason we're not advertising Clubhouse, but it's like a very elitist social app. Mm. Like you can only be on it invite oh, only. So pretty hoity toity. Well, it is. And it's like, it's the party line. Remember the party line? Mm-mm. So back in the day, you used to be able to call a number and there'd be a bunch of people listening in and you could have conversations. That's basically what Clubhouse is. Hmm. So there's a lot of value. So if you're, you go to Clubhouse and you can go and you go into a room and you can listen to people talking and then you hit a little uh, thing where like your hand raises and you, you're invited to the platform to ask a question or to talk. So we're hoping in the future to make this more of what Pure Hustle Podcast does. The hard part about it is, is that it's not like uh, for everybody. I think we only have like two invites to invite people. So I'm not sure it's going to go, but if you're on clubhouse, we're eventually going to have a room in our own space in there so we can interact with you guys. Ooh, we're going to have our own um, MySpace. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, it's in our space. See, I'm not sold on clubhouse. Like I think there's a lot of value being dropped in there right now. I'm just not a, they're saying that they can't allow everybody in at one time because of the infrastructure, mm. which may be true. I mean, that's how it was with Google, man. I was an early adopter to Google. I got a Gmail account when it was invite only. And I was, yeah, me too. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I got a pretty good email. Now, looking back, I kind of wish I would have done a different one, but it was like when I got my email, like you could pretty much pick your email. And, uh, and yeah, now I'm like, I have a good email. It's like my last name and and my favorite number (laughs) was my football number in high school. And I was in high school when I got it. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, I probably should have just done like first name, last name. That would have been cool, but oh well. Anyway, so hey. So if you find us on Clubhouse, say hi if you've been invited. Yes. I'm just not a fan of that. Might be one of us. So anyways, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I got it wrong. All right. But hey, by the way, I want to say thank you to the person that invited us. You know who you are. We're very grateful because if you didn't invite us, we wouldn't even be on there. Oh, you're saying Clubhouse didn't reach out to us like specifically and say like Pure House Podcast. We love your content. We need you on, on our platform. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Dang Sorry. It. Okay. Anyways. All right. Hey, if you ever want to give us a call, 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. We actually have a hustle of the week when we get to our theme episode. That is a phone call. If you ever want to share anything, you have a question, something. I know we don't get to all the phone calls at time. At times we don't share some of the voicemails because we don't feel it fits into what we're talking about at the moment. But always appreciate those phone calls. Also, you can email us at purespodcast at gmail.com. 
And uh, as always, we're grateful for all the reviews that you leave for us. It really helps us. We're almost at almost at 400. We're like at 386. The number keeps climbing. We really, you know, are grateful for all of you and hoping that after this last episode, we'll be able to get there. I just want to read one of them because we just want to let you know, we, we do recognize that, you know, there are reviews there for us that really help us. So the latest review comes from Destiny Roomba. Sweet name. Nice. Gave us a five stars and said, great podcast with two informative hosts from different ends of the reselling spectrum, part-time, full-time. We just keep it real. They share knowledgeable tips from personal experiences and relatable content on how to grow business at your own pace. Their active IG space is also appreciated and has come in handy when learning how to deal with responding to buyers in certain situations. Appreciate that. Yeah. Because sometimes I put stuff out there and I'm like, is this helpful? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to hear it help. So thank you so much, Destiny Roomba. All right. Now, speaking of, you know, knowledge, let's drop some knowledge if we can here in reseller topics. Orlando continues to call it reseller topics, but with everything happening in the world, we know that it's reseller news and news happens and it's, it's happening now. And we're going to tell you about it. We're going to tell you what's going on. All right. So this first piece came out of our posting. Did, did I, did you know that I had to remove a post? Right, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So what I love about social media, the good of social media is like when you're wrong, people will let you know you're wrong. Right. Yeah. That's great. I just, I'm thankful for that. Right. And then when you're right, you know, some people will say thank you. Usually you hear more of when you're wrong. Mm. Right. So in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, I posted a box in a bag and like how, how you can make a lot of money and not make a lot of money, save a lot of money shipping by doing the box in a bag. Do you do box in a bag at all? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. So I have done box in a bag, but I usually, I tape it. Like I, I don't like like ends of it. Because I always worry like it's going to get stuck on a conveyor belt or it's going to get snagged somewhere. I guess I'm not supposed to do that. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, I I, I read the the oh. comments and I saw your post. Uh, but here's the thing. So the, the, the thing came out that, and this was an article from Pirate Ship, I think is what you shared. Um, the, the pictures show, you know, one where it's literally a box that has almost just been like wrapped, almost looks like it's been gift wrapped in a, in a bag. Mm -hmm. And then the other one looks like a box that's been slid into a bag and you can still kind of tell it has a bag shape a little bit. By the way, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Yeah. You should say, no, Orlando, let me talk. But yeah, I should. This image on pirate ship. But when it comes down to it. <laughs> well, hold on. I got to share this. The image on pirate ship. I, I just, it just hit me. So he's showing two packages, right? That were shipped. But the person that did the packaging is a pirate that has a hook as a hand. Oh yeah, man! You didn't notice how, that? How did he pack it? You can you can pack with one hand and a hook. I don't know. That just like I don't know. It was, was kind of interesting. Like that must have been rough, you know. So I don't know. It just kind of interesting. No, no offense to anybody. I just picked up on that. So, <laughs> so all right, Captain Hook is a reseller. Now you know. Okay. Um. So the idea was, and, and the way they said is, it needs to have. You can't have four dimensions or three dimensions. <laughs> three dimensions. Well, I mean, four, like four yeah. sides, you know, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so like a box, but uh, it had, it can't have three dimensions. It needs to look like a bag, but clearly the, even when you put a bo box in a bag, it still has, but I, I get the concept there. The thing though is, even though that's the official, um, reading through the comments and like, even you said, you've done it many, many, many times. Oh, all the time. Um, is it, is it one of those things where it's like, Nobody really cares. I mean, I guess you might be that one, right? Where you send something and then they send it back and they say, sorry, you can't send it like this. And then, then you have to fix it. But if, if majority of people are doing it and it's not causing a problem. So 
The official is you can't just shove a box in a in an envelope or a bag where it it's basically like wrapped, uh, and it needs to- like you shrink wrap. You can't shrink wrap around the box, right? But even that, like even even the way we ship uh, uh, the mugs, right? Like or how to do the mug. Yeah, you're kind of doing that in in, in a way. Yeah, like but it's in a padded, of, so it's different. But even still, padded priority. Uh, I guess it's different, but but. But in that same sense, like you're kind of doing that concept. Like oh, I see what you're saying. In something, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so if people can do that and it doesn't cause a problem, then go for it. But uh, officially, don't because you might be the the time when they crack down on the rule. It's like it's yeah. like it's like driving, right? Like the speed limit's 65, but everybody drives 75. And sure, somebody's gonna get pulled over for that, but 99 percent of the time, nobody does, right? And I've seen I've seen people doing that with cops on the road. And the cops don't seem to care. They're looking for the people going 85. So it's one of those things where technically the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. And if the letter of the law says you can't do this, but the spirit of the law seems to be like nobody really cares, then, you know, continue at your own risk. Yeah, it, it's interesting because some people on on the so we pulled the post, the box in the back because I don't want misinformation. I don't want somebody two months from now going, oh, this is, you can do this. And then they get dinged. So I removed it. That's why I removed it. Some people were like, oh, leave it up, you know, to keep it real. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I don't want anybody's business to get hurt by this. And uh, so when we posted new one, some people were like, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, but, and it's true. Like I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. Other people actually reported that they did get caught and it ended up costing them like $36. Right. Depending on what it was. Now, it's interesting because when Amazon returns shoes to me that I sent sent into FBA in a box, they they I mean it looks kind of like an envelope, but it's still boxy. You just need to get bigger bags. Yeah, bigger poly. Yeah, the biggest one I've seen is like a twenty four by twenty four or something like that. Just a, now, somebody cracked me up. Somebody had mentioned like like what is the magical part of like have box in a bag. Like, why does the post office look at it as a cheaper alternative? And I, I don't know the answer for that. Still takes up the same amount of space, right? So yeah. anyways, so do not taper, do not tape down your edges when you're shipping box in a bag. It needs to look like an envelope per pirate ship, okay? The post office actually has nothing to say about this. Hmm. So, I mean, I look stuff up and I couldn't find anything. So anyways, pirate ship has that inside angle. Yeah. So... All right. Did you know that have you uh, before I say, did you know, have you caught up on your required item specifics? Yeah, man. <laughs> like way back, way back. We got it done. But the reason we got it done is I'm a procrastinator. Um, you know, why do today what you can do tomorrow? I'm just kidding. It's terrible life <laughs> advice. Um, but uh, my wife is not. She She's very much like she was the kind of student in school where or in college where she would get an assignment and it's like, all right, this is due in three weeks. You have to have this step done by this step, this step. And she would just finish the whole project that night. Cause she didn't want to have anything due. And so, yeah. So we looked up how to do it and we together worked on it and we had it done like right away. Nice. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting a scale and not knowing how, well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code 
All in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code PureHustle25. All right, so what about you, though? Oh, no, no. I got it. Remember, I did a whole YouTube video and everything on it. So I got it done. But in case you have not, in case you're like, you know what? I don't got time for this eBay. I'm going to focus on Q4. The time is coming where they need to be done. And that deadline is February 22nd. By the way, you know, when the Poshmark thing, when I was talking on the podcast, like, hey, it might be next week. And actually, the day we dropped the episode is when it went public. Yeah. And, you know, kind of uh, the bummer on that is uh, my wife had already saw all the information about it, about getting, you know, the because we're, we're Poshmark ambassadors. And um, so by the time I realized that it was about to drop, it was too late to get in on that. Um, I didn't even know they were going, you know, public. And for whatever reason, we didn't communicate my wife and I over this. And so they it started off like 40 some dollars, $48 if you could get the, the pre-IPO launch. And within that same day, it went up to well over $100. 107 was its yeah. peak. Um, and then it dropped significantly, which, which is that's not uncommon for a new IPO is to have a big because there's a lot of excitement. So if you can get it on the ground level, but it's usually uh, it's usually those bull runs don't last very long. So, um, I tried to get in like the, the top half of the bubble, uh, and, and didn't quite time it right, which is fine. Didn't lose much, but, um, but yeah, so I, I typically don't do that. My, my thing is not day trading. And I just don't know if right now Poshmark is a company I feel secure enough investing in long-term. And when I invest, I try and invest knowing that when I put money into a company, I want this to be until I die almost like this has to be a company I believe yeah. in that they're going to make money that I'm going to be getting dividends. Uh, but man, yeah, that was one of those things like, oh, I could have doubled all my money that day. So I'm kind of torn. And I know this is not a stock podcast, but, you know, we keep it real here. Uh, so it jumped up. I would have sold that day. Like once it peaked, I probably, oh, yeah. probably would have sold before the days end because it, it is going to drop. But it's interesting because Etsy has grown a lot. Etsy's stock is worth way more than eBay. Like if I look right now on Etsy, but eBay's constantly been at like I don't a, think it's worth more than eBay. I think it might be selling more per share, but that doesn't mean it's worth more. I see what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, but it it's interesting that eBay's just hasn't like I I I can't see Poshmark staying. So Etsy right now is at $203. Right? eBay is at about 54 right now. Right? And Poshmark, I wonder if Poshmark's going to drop down to the levels of eBay, right? Just something to keep an eye. Um I just I don't know. It's just weird how these things, I can't, I don't know. Let us know. What are your thoughts? Why is eBay not like it capped at about 60 bucks? I think it was a little higher than that. Will Poshmark go down to eBay's level? And why is Etsy continuing to go up? I want to hear your thoughts in the comments. Not a stock market a podcast, but I'm interested. Yeah. So. And then also remember it's, it's, it's also the, the total market value of the company, which, which you have to look at and not just, because you can have a company that's really small, their stocks sell for five thousand yeah, dollars a true, share, true. Mm-hmm. but it's you know you're buying ten percent of the company instead of like <laughs> yeah, one yeah, one thousandth of a percent. So that is true. That so is true. The, the total number that you're paying per share isn't what what you're actually looking at. Now, when you're looking at percentage of gain, if you're trying to do day trading, yeah, it might be kind of shocking if you don't see a company moving up. But usually, that kind of volatility is not a good thing. You want to see a company growing, and, and it's fine to have big spikes. But if your company is constantly going through peaks and valleys. 
it means there's probably a lot of instability or uncertainty in the market. Nobody really knows what this company is going to do. So it's speculation. So when you see a company not not fluctuating a lot, you're, you that's a strong indication of this is a strong, solid company that is priced well. People understand its value. And it's not just speculation of like, is eBay going to make it? Should I jump in? You know. And I wonder about Tesla. Like I got in, I got in Tesla like back in March and April before the split. I don't know. It's been good. It's been a good ride. We'll see what happens. So anyways, all right. This is not about stocks. A lot of you have already tuned this out. I'm sorry about that. All right. So required item specifics are due uh, February 22nd. Uh, eBay has extended uh, the ability to get the free trial of OptiSeller. So if you just type Google OptiSeller, there's a tool or I find that the fastest way to update your required item specifics is through using their spreadsheets. And I have a whole YouTube video on our Pure Russell podcast YouTube channel. You should check out. It's really simple. Uh, but, you know, if this is not done by February 22nd, what is eBay going to do? I don't know. But I do think it's going to have something to do with how often your item comes up in the search. I think it's going to play a major role because usually when eBay says, hey, we want this done, they will usually favor those individuals or at least I could be wrong, but it seems to me that it definitely wants people to fall in line. And so the algorithm will push things higher if you've got those requirements taken care of. So be aware of that. All right. So question for you. When something says, you know, best offer and it has a line through it on eBay, Mike, have you been able to find like how much something sold for? Uh, no, I don't. I don't typically, I just assume less. <laughs> you know? okay. It's a safe assumption. <laughs> That's a safe assumption. Okay. So there was a point in time we shared this on the podcast where you could go to flippertools.com and it's eBay best offer. That thing has not worked in a long time. It, it says something about like, it, this has been abused, no longer available or something like that, which mm -hmm. I don't know. How can you, how can you abuse that? I don't know. You got to be nice to, to software. You don't want to <laughs> abuse it. So it hasn't been working. So it was a really nice tool because, you know, you could be out in the wild, you find something, you're like, oh, this is worth a lot. And then you check out the best offer and you're like, oh, it only sold for 10% of what the asking price was. Okay. Probably a pass. Mm. Well, we haven't had that available, but this is why I say you got to be on social media. So I was on TikTok the other day and good friends of the podcast, Nashville Flippers, the, the guy that sent us those shirts, remember they're. You had different shirts. You had like an ACDC looking Nashville flipper shirt. I had a 49ers logo shirt they sent us. And uh, they have a TikTok and they showed this Chrome extension. And so, you know, if you want to know more of what they're talking about, go to Nashville flippers on TikTok. Uh, but it's called Slab Watch. Not really sure why it's called Slab Watch, but that is the name of the Chrome extension. And if you use this Chrome extension, you add it, it's free you can find out the best offer price and it makes it really easy. Now, the only problem is it's only available on desktop, right? You can't use Chrome extensions on your phone. No. Okay. It's just kind of sad. You would think by now you could do that, but anyways. Yeah. Okay. So with the Chrome extension, you go on there, you go to the sold listings and then the ones that have the line through it, it'll bold and red actual price. So you click on actual price and you'll find out how much the item actually sold for. And so I'm looking at a rain spooner shirt that said $49.99 and what the actual price is. And this one, I think this is a combined combined item that they sold. So mm. let's go. There's limitations to the... There, there's, so if somebody had like a combined sale, you're not going to be able to see. But here, I'm going to pick another one. Let's, let's do this one. So 
Here's a wine shirt. Actual price was sixty-four. Uh, the selling price was sixty-four ninety-nine. I click on it, and the actual price it'll sold for it'll tell you on the site. So it actually sold for fifty bucks, hmm. right? So this is a great tool because then you can actually see. All right, is is the market inflated? Like, are the best offer prices actually what items sold for? You know, because I'll give you an example. I had a CNN plush. I think I shared this as a hustle of the week. The best offer price that it showed on eBay was $199.99. When I clicked on it through fippletools.com, it told me it sold for $64. That's a huge dip. But here's the thing. The general public didn't know about that tool. So they think that it's worth more than it is. Yeah. I almost wonder if people can, without using this tool, if people try and abuse uh, the a market that might not have many items, maybe you have like a one-off of something. And so you list it a bunch of times uh, really high and then you sell it for actually a dollar to like a friend just so that, you know, it has the cross of, yeah, I sold it for 200 bucks. <laughs> so people think they're worth $200, even if they're only worth 50, because it's it's all about what people are willing to pay. And if people think we talk all the time, if people think things are worth more money, they'll pay more money. Yeah. Well, I ended up selling that CNN thing for like $125, right? But here, I'll pull up another rain spooner shirt, $74.99. You click on the bolded red actual price and this rain spooner Christmas shirt sold for, and not that you're seeing any of this, but it sold for 50 bucks, right? So it's a great tool. Again, thank you, uh, Nashville Flippers. Check out their YouTube channel. Check out their uh, Instagram and their TikTok. Uh, they have a short video. Maybe they're going to throw one up on YouTube about Slab Watch. Slab Watch. So I, I thought I'd give them credit instead of just saying I found this because I, 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 I don't know. I don't think that would have been too kind. So yeah. I think that's a great tool. So that, Credit that, where credit is due. That That's all I got for reseller topics. All right. Which means that now it's time. Bolo, 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 bolo. What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. What is your bolo? Um, so I think I've given this one. Actually, I'm certain I have before in the past, but um, it's been. It's one of those things. I think it's good to have a reminder because unless you've listened to all 220 of our episodes back to back to back to back to back to back, to back, to back. <laughs> or bound to repeat something at some point. In time. Um, so I've been selling a lot of baby carrying hiking backpacks and I've been selling them locally. Uh. And again, beginning of the year is always a good time for this. And then again, as the weather gets a little bit better, um, depending on your location, but these are the types of items and maybe just baby items in general. One of the first things you mentioned that you sold was like a, like a, a stroller. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So yeah. one of the nice things about baby items, especially baby, baby items is if it's not a toddler item, they don't actually take as much abuse as you would think. Now, some things might get spit up on it and all that kind of stuff. They get, you know, ruined that way. But a lot of times things are only used a couple of times. Like I've sold several Bob strollers. Uh, they're, you know, running or, you know, hiking strollers that have got big wheels on them. They're they got the three wheels. They're better for the road and stuff like that. And a lot of times you find them in really good shape used because people buy these things. They use them once or twice with their kid and then they don't use them anymore. Or if they use them all the time, then they're beaten up and you don't buy those ones anyways. But a lot of times you find these things. I find hiking baby carrier backpacks all the time and they're usually in relatively good shape. Most of the wear that's on them, you could tell is just from being in storage. Mm. But people don't want to spend because everybody knows like I want to get this hiking backpack because we're going on a trip. But how often am I going to do yeah, it? Do I want to spend toys. $150 or $200 for a brand new one? Or I can spend 50 or 60 bucks to get this one off of offer up. And it's basically only been used a few times. And the nice thing is I actually have used them with my son. So when people say like, 
I always get questions. I mean, usually people don't know I'm a reseller when they come to buy these, they just think it's my personal. And so they'll ask questions like, you know, how long was your son able to to write in this or things like that? And I can actually answer the questions from experience. So I, maybe I have a little bit of, of heads up because I have that experience. I could say, oh, this is the best way to put it on and take it off with the kid. And they like it when you do this. And it gets a little heavy after this much time. And he didn't like it after this age. So I have that information to give. But um, even without that information, if you can pick them up and you can get them at garage sales a lot, you can get them at thrift stores. Because again, people have them. Maybe they sat in the garage for a couple of years after they bought them. And then they're like, what am I going to do with this thing? And so they sell it or they give it away. And that's your opportunity to strike. So check out anything like that. Uh, the hiking, uh, baby backpack carriers, or even like the running strollers. The Bob market, the used Bob market is still mm -hmm. pretty high. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to find uh, good ones cheap. But there's been a few times I've been at, at garage sales and someone will sell them to me for 15, 20 bucks. So. And if you can you know, put an ad or something out there. It definitely helps because usually the B baby resale, it's been a while since I've gone to these, but man, before I was doing reselling, oh man, I remember like I couldn't pay the bill. So like we'd go to the baby resale shop and like sell our stuff back. Mm -hmm. I can't believe. Anyways, I just think about how much money they made off of me, but usually they'll, they'll, they'll look it up and they'll pay you 25% of what you can buy at retail. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to put an ad out or you're able to offer somebody, Hey, listen, you can get this at the baby resale and you'll get 25% of what you paid, but I'll pay you 30 to 35 or maybe 40%. It may be worth it to you. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of money to be made there. So, all right. So mine is, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out trends right now because in the clothing market, things are shifting. I, you know, I talked about rain spooner, but man, Hawaiian shirts, I'm just not, they're just not selling for me. Uh, but you know, what's selling right now really well are in my opinion, hockey jerseys. Hmm. Like the good hockey, like the, not the, they have to be, uh, they have to be, you know, either vintage or they have to be kind of like the pro looking hockey jerseys not the, you know, sometimes you go to like Ross and you find the chintzy ones that are like on sale for $10, but hockey jerseys, they're climbing in price is what I'm noticing. And maybe it's because of, I don't know, lack of access. Maybe you're not able to get them because certain stores are shut down, maybe because of COVID. I'm not sure, but even right now, I just typed in generically on eBay hockey jersey and I look at sold listings. And all these solds are really good solds. Like the most recent, I mean, there's only one that's under 20 bucks. All of these are easy 40, 50, 70, 80, 100, 200, 300 for some of these jerseys. So I definitely see an uptick happening. I actually just sourced a, a lot of good jerseys for a good price. Uh, those of you know that know, know, uh, they're out there. I don't think they're out there like they were a week ago, but there was a, there was a time in the market where you could buy a lot of hockey jerseys from certain stores. But even if you find used store, used ones from the thrift store or from garage sales, definitely keep an eye because I just see there being an uptick in hockey jersey sales. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's gone from like just fans to now it's kind of like, you know, influencers are wearing Harley Davidson. Maybe we're going to see influencers wearing hockey jerseys. Yeah. I think it's getting a little bit bigger in the U S also. So, um, if you're, if you're our friends North of the border, hockey's a big thing for you. Certain States, it's a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, I think it's starting to grow in popularity here. More and more students that I have are in hockey leagues. I've got nephews that are in hockey leagues. So I think hockey is becoming more popular. So again, that might be an opportunity to strike early in a new niche. Yeah. So, and do your research, make sure there's a pro looking ones. You usually starter is a good brand. CCM is a good brand. 
uh, stuff like that. Just just keep an eye. But yeah, hockey jerseys. All right. What are you looking forward to here, Mike? Um, I'm looking forward to um, just listing. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking forward to listing, but I'm looking <laughs> forward listing. to getting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some my listings up and getting stores, uh, my store built up a little bit more. And I mentioned doing the more local deals, picking up things locally last time. And so I want to continue doing that. Hopefully still find a little bit more gold doing that. It's a, a different type of treasure hunt, but a treasure hunt nonetheless. So uh, hoping to keep doing that and, you know, get a little bit of rest and relaxation. And I don't know, I don't know if my wife's going to listen to this one, but uh, kind of make sure that when she comes back, that the house is in perfect order. And then I can kind of bless her with, you know, things being nice and done and she doesn't have as much weight on her shoulders. So I'm kind of looking forward to using this time wisely that I have where I'm kind of on my own and then hopefully using it to bless her. So, yeah. yeah nice. Keep it real. This this has been one of the most realest podcasts I think we've had. Yeah. So real. So I don't know how you measure realness, but you know. On a real scale of one to 10, this is 11. I think so. I think so. Now, what am I, I'm looking forward to listing away. Cause my, so the why I say that is, I've talked about sales being slow. So hopefully by me listing away, I can report in two weeks that, hey, sales definitely uptick. Things are great. Things are happening. And then, you know, I can show the value of, you know, upping your listings when things slow down. Uh, my helper is finally getting caught up. I, so I switched things up with my helper. Initially, she was just listing buckles and shoes. And then I I did clothing and clothing is a whole nother animal because you have to like you know take right angles you have to do measurements you have to put you know the material and so you know i had to give constant feedback i mean she was great but you know there's a certain way i like doing things and so i also had to let go of certain things i had to go you know what this picture isn't exactly how i want it but you know it is what it is let's keep moving you gotta give up some of that control so i'm looking forward to getting tons of stuff listed i'm looking forward uh, to removing inventory from my place that's a goal i keep talking about I want all inventory out of my house. I, I don't know if I'll be able to get it all done. I have certain closets that are full of clothing and I don't know where else to put them. So they're just going to stay there for now uh, until I move, which hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be able to move in. The, the housing market is is just keeps going up. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, I think we're at a place, at least in in California, where you missed you missed it. I think, I think if you haven't bought a house. Yeah, when did I miss it? Like in 08? Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to keep going up, but I think I think I, I read a couple articles recently that made some valid arguments. Basically, said that uh, home ownership is in the near future might be priced out for even the middle class. So it's kind of a scary place that we're at. But again, what does that mean, and how can we as hustlers uh, utilize that information and, and direction the economy is going in order to capitalize and and turn it into our benefit? Always adapting, always adjusting. Yeah, I agree. And again, if you've heard me before, I'm not big on home ownership unless it can become an asset and not a liability. Right. But I, I'm just not finding either. <laughs> like rent prices aren't changing either. Yeah. Right. So that that's that's my difficulty in all this. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm hopeful and and we'll see where that goes. And then I'm I'm gonna go garage sales next week. Hope hopefully, you know, this last time I shared this on the last podcast. When you look, how many, did you see how many, uh, did you even do research for garage sales at all? This yeah, I looked up a few. Right. And usually we have about 400 or 500 available in yep. San Diego. This time it was like a hundred. Yeah. And I know those of you on the East coast and you know, 
are saying, who cares? We never have them. I, I, during winter. I get it. I get it. I, I hear you. But we're used to, we're spoiled. Hey, we have, well, I, and part of it is you're saying 100 over San Diego County, which you're talking so much oh, I know. mileage. You can only pick 15 to 20 of them to go to and they're spread out that far and you're already past the, the 11 yeah, o'clock. No, when frame. we break it down to where we live, it went down to 30. And then when you break down the 30, there was maybe only like a handful to go. And then even out of the handful, there may not be any there. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to test it next time, see what happens. Hopefully I get a lot of this retail arbitrage I talked about early in the podcast listed and I'll be able to move forward. Yeah. Hey, hope your sales are going great. Hope you're able to adapt. Just keep going. You know, things always end up better. It just sometimes requires a little bit more hustle. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Peace. Peace.